Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. The Light of Christmas. We are in a series we're calling The Light of Christmas. Last week we talked about how Jesus is the uh, light of the world. Um, And this week we're going to dive more into that. Last year, um, there was, I don't know if you remember, last year in 2020, did you hear about the Bethlehem star? Okay, maybe some of you had summer amnesia. You didn't remember. Okay, well, we did because we went on a quest for it. Okay, so there's this star that happens at once every 800 years, they said. And they called it the Christmas star or the Bethlehem star. And so we decided, okay, once in 800 years. Well, we're here. Let's check it out. And we couldn't see it from our house because, well, there are houses blocking the view of Bethlehem star. So we said, we're going to go on a quest. And now you probably don't remember, this was December 21st, and you probably don't remember this, but it was snowing, and it was snowing a lot. Now, you probably don't remember because you probably had summer amnesia, right? That's, I think that's what Canadians have to cope with winter, is summer amnesia, right? It's our coping mechanism. I forget the winter, and then it's like, oh, we get snow here? But last year, it was so much snow that day, December 21st, the one in 800 years, and we were going on to go on a quest. It was like, I don't know how, I had summer amnesia. I can't even tell you how much, but it felt like it was like four feet of snow. It might have been, but I'll tell you. So we decided, okay, we're gonna we loaded up my son, we Nat, me, we got loaded up. We're gonna see this star. We're we're going to see the Bethlehem star. This is gonna be good. Like I've read other people do this, and they found really good things. So let's check out the Bethlehem star. So we loaded into the car. We we reversed out of our driveway, and right away we felt something different. There was so much snow on our driveway, we almost got stuck on our driveway. And we're in a residential area. And we, then we drive out onto the road, and we're like fishtailing everywhere, bottoming out. We had so much snow, right? Because you don't clear snow in residential areas. Um, so, so we were driving for about like half a block, and we're like, okay, we're going to see this star. And then we just keep going further and further, and we get, we're getting like stuck. And I'm like getting out and pushing us. And we're we're like in four wheel drive, all wheel drive, but four wheel drive. And I'm pushing us just to get out of our block. And then I'm, we were like, we got to see the star. Well, after pushing a little bit, and then after actually having to do like, have you ever been stuck in snow and you do the rock? Forward, back, forward, back. Well, after doing that a few times, still being able to see our house, We decided we're not going to go to this ridge. We're going to end our quest and come back home. So that was our experience with the Bethlehem star. I'm sure it was great. The pictures on Google looked cool, but we did not go too far. We ended our quest shortly. Now, in the Bible, there's an account of some people who went on a quest for a star that led them to Bethlehem. They followed this star to Bethlehem, and unlike Nat and I, it was a long journey for them. Uh, It was a long journey to follow this light, this star in the sky, um, and it's the account of the wise men, or the magi. 
And these guys are more than, I know your nativity scene, you probably only have three. There was more than three. Um, and they weren't just like, you know, some guys with some cool little boxes that like, hey, or would you be interested in one? No, these guys were legit. They were um, astronomers. They studied the sky. They studied stars. And they saw this new star in the sky and were familiar with a prophecy and they knew that the king of the Jews was born. So what did they do? They then went after a star that led them to Bethlehem. And they got a lot further than Nat and I. A lot further. The Magi came from the east and headed to Jerusalem. Where they asked Herod and they, he said, Hey, where's the king of the Jews? Herod didn't like that. You can read that later. He didn't like that. But they followed, they trekked forward following the star to Bethlehem. And it was a long journey. Theologians believe that it was anywhere between four months to 12, or 12, two years. Four months to two years to journey to find the end to Bethlehem, to the star. It was a long journey. So that's where we're going to pick up today is with these wise men. So it is in Matthew, Matthew 2 verses 9. When they heard the king, they departed, that's Herod, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, check this out, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, either not in the manger, they're in a house now, different time, right? They came to the house um, and they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasures. They presented gifts to him. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So they followed this star all the way to Bethlehem. A long trek, a long journey, and, and they gave him gifts, right? It wasn't just a little gift either. It, was, it would have been uh, a, a big caravan that they would have went, right? Gold, which each gift is really significant. Gold is a gift for kings, a gift for royalty. Frankincense is a gift for deity. And myrrh is actually a spice that was used to anoint bodies for burial, so, hey, what did you get at your baby shower? I got myrrh. <laughs> Judas, murder? No, but like, um, I know that's really bad. I saw it on a meme and I thought, you know what? That's definitely not in my notes. But anyways, but even right from, right from his birth, he was predestined, right, to die for you and I. But I want to point out something in verse 10 that stood out to me is when the wise men, the magi, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. They're not just happy that they, that like Google Maps did not lead them astray, right? They are exceedingly great joy. Why? Because after two years of journeying, after two years of following this star, this, this light in the sky, they came to the end, not because they found the end of the star, but because of who they were going to meet and the significance that they met Jesus, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and, and the Magi encountered Jesus. He encountered Jesus. And when they encountered him, they experienced great joy. 
They experience joy when meeting Jesus. Now, joy is different, I think, than happiness. Happiness is based on your circumstances. Like when everything's going great, hey, I can be happy. But joy is something different. Joy comes from the Lord that when no matter what's going on around you, you can still have joy in the midst of it. When you can, when you can be going through the worst time, you can still count it all joy. Why? Because he is with you. So see the Magi, they came to him and they experienced great joy. I believe there is joy for you and I to experience when we encounter Jesus. That there's a joy that goes beyond just like when everything is perfect. Because like if everything is perfect, just give it a, a second. Right? When, when it's beyond when I, conditions are ideal. It's because you are with Jesus. You can have joy in the midst of the storm when we encounter Jesus. Now, usually when, when like, if you were to preach or when I preach, I want to draw something that you and I can identify with. But today I want to draw something that you and I today cannot identify with, with these magi, with these wise men. That part of their story, you and I cannot identify with. That's completely different. And it's this, is the wise men went on a massive quest looking to find God. They had to go on a massive journey and quest who God was a far way away to come and find him. It was up to them to find God. You know, they looked for him. They, they, they had to go on a massive quest. Today, the reason why we can't identify with that is the reality is this, is that today the light of the world is actually looking for you. That, that back then the wise men, they went for a quest to find Jesus. Today, Jesus is actually now looking for you. He's going on a quest for you. Jesus, he said, he is the light of the world. The light is looking for you. In, in Luke 19.10, it says this. In Luke 19.10, it says, For the Son of Man, Jesus, has come to seek and save that which was lost. To seek and to save. Who's the one seeking today? He is. He is looking for you. He's seeking after you. That, that, um, that today God is looking and seeking after you. That he, I think that's, that's encouraging for someone who couldn't get out of my block just looking for a star, knowing that God is actually seeking for me, that God is seeking for you, that, that you know, like the wise men, they, they had to travel however long to get to him, but no, 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 God's going for you. And that, uh, that he is seeking, he is pursuing you so that you can do life with him and experience what those wise men experienced, but so much more. Experience his joy, his peace, his abundance, his fullness, his life, his love, and to illuminate your life so that you no longer need to be in darkness. You know, other religions are all about finding God. You got to go to God. You got to go on a quest, maybe a pilgrimage, a quest to find enlightenment. But Christianity, what we believe is that God came to us. God so love, right? That he gave, he came, right? He's coming for you. 
So Jesus, so before the Magi, before Jesus, they had to find him. Where's the star? We're looking. But today, you and I, we don't need to go on a pilgrimage to find him. You and I, we don't need to uh, go uh, a far journey because why? He's, he's going for you. Now, I believe every single one of us have a desire within us that craves Jesus. That there's a craving for him that causes us to, to, to want to find him, to find the light, right? And I believe that's Jesus in, in John 12, 32. It says that Jesus is drawing all men to himself. So that craving we all have is Jesus drawing all people to himself. There's an, every person has a need and the only way for that to be fulfilled is Jesus. But in John 15, I like this. It says this. In John 15, 16, Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give you. I love that. God chose you. God chose you. I don't know if you've ever experienced like in, in like school, like when they like had team captains and the choosing. Some people love that. They're like, yeah, bring it on. I'm number two. Other people are like, oh my gosh, this again. <laughs> Something else to talk to my counselor about. Great. Right? But there's no last pick. God chose you. He took the first step. He took the second step. So much so he's right near to you that all you have to do, I'm getting ahead, but all you have to do is turn to him. See, there's a seeking part on our half, on our behalf, but there's no quest part. There's no like, you, you, there's a seeking, which is really this. He's right there. It's just turning to him. That's it. Quest complete. Better than the, the, the getting a block down. Is, is he is right there. There's no hoops to jump through. There's no, there's no fiery uh, craziness you have to jump through. He's just right there. And the starting point for this, the starting point for every single one of us, and maybe the starting point for you today, is this, is just saying, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. And turning to him. Just simply, Jesus, I need you. You know, when we seek, it, the scripture says we will find. When we knock, the door will be opened. He is right there. There is a seeking on our part, but it is not a long quest. It is not a hide and go seek. Like the creator of the universe, I'm sure he's great at hide and go seek, but he doesn't play that with you. He's right there in the open. He may be more so like how my son plays hide and go seek. My son's three. I know where he is at all times. It's just like, I can hear him. I can see him. He, he Levi, if you're watching this later, son, you're great. You're an aw I love it. But I know where he is, right? God is not hiding from you. He is right there for you to turn to him. And when we turn to him, then we get to journey with him. We get to walk with him. We get to work with him. We get to learn the unforced rhythms of his grace. That he will illuminate your life. Those dark areas, he'll illuminate. He'll bring his light. He'll bring his life. He'll bring his freedom to your life.
Because today, Jesus is not in a manger. No. He, he's, he's, he's not a baby. He's the risen King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is interceding on your behalf. He is working in your life. I find it so encouraging. I don't need to go on a quest to find God. He makes it easy for me. He makes it easy for you. That you say, Jesus, I need you, and he is there. He is there. Jesus is drawing you. He's drawing you. I love Psalms, uh, Psalms 18, 28. It says this. For you will light my lamp. The Lord, my God, will enlighten my darkness. I love that. That he wants to light your lamp, your life. He wants to bring his light into your darkness. That is not something that you have to come up with yourself. But that as you come to him, you receive his light, his life. And I, I think today, if you're watching online or maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus, I believe today is an opportunity for you to walk in his life, to walk in his light, to have the freedom that he has for you. That's so much better. You know, as followers of Jesus, that's what happened, right? You said yes to Jesus. Now you have his light. Now you have his light. He is illuminating your life. He is lighting your lamp. You're, you're, you're lit um, for Jesus. But with that comes a responsibility. With that actually comes a responsibility. See, over 2,000 years ago, God used a light, a star in the sky, to draw men to Jesus. Today, he uses light, but it's not a star in the sky See, he uses his light in your life to draw men to Jesus. He is same thing as 2,000 years ago, except the light is in you. It is his light and is drawing people to Jesus. He uses your life and my life to draw to Jesus as a follower of Jesus. In Matthew 5, In Matthew 5, 14, it says this. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see the good works and glorify your Father in heaven. See, God uses, he's chosen to use your life to draw people to Jesus. That your life would be like that star 2,000 years ago that would draw people to Jesus. I think that's amazing. That God wants to use your life to draw men unto himself. That people would see Jesus. I don't know about you, but I love Christmas lights. Like there's people who love Christmas and there are people like Christmas, but I love Christmas. Like, Hey, I'm that guy, but I, I love Christmas lights. I, I enjoy seeing Christmas lights. I love driving around the neighborhoods when it's really done nice. I, I, I enjoy it. It is what it is. I've always enjoyed it. Um, and, but you know, 
you never need someone standing on their front step in your neighborhood saying, hey guys, I have my Christmas lights on. Hey guys, I have my Christmas lights on. Hey guys, stop here and look, I have my Christmas lights on. Why? We can all see it. We can all see it. Like, yeah, you did. Thanks, Tony. You did put your lights up on your house. You did it. It looks great. Why? You can see it from afar. You can see it even better in the dark. You know, that's with our life too, is that, see, you, uh, you don't need any words. You can actually just live your life, allow God to work through you, allow faith motivate, uh, works out of faith that will be seen by others. And they can say, there is something there. There is something there. There is a light there that I don't have. And see, what's that? That's Jesus decorating your life like that curse, that house that you don't need to be. It's bonus if you have that God opportunity to share and use your words and speak life. Absolutely. Take those. But know what? You don't need that alone. That God has put his light on your life so that people from a far way away can see your life. They can see your life in your workplace. They can see your life in your family. They can see your life even in the grocery store when it's like crazy busy. They can see your life. See, God will use his goodness through your life. He'll use um, your actions. He'll use your, even your, your, how you treat others. You know, how, how, you, how you are. He will use that to point people to Jesus. To point people to Jesus. I think this is a good question to ask in the Christmas season and a good question to ask throughout life, really, is this, am I allowing God to use my life just as, a, as he used a star for those wise men? Am I allowing God to use my life to point people, to draw people to Jesus? Because I think now, is not a time for us to hide. It's now is not a time for us to put our lights like, okay, guys, I'm going to just keep my light on like two hours and I'm going to turn it off and, you know, or hide under a basket. No, I think now, like I would say the, the world's sort of dark right now. It's sort of divided right now. It's sort of like, man, sometimes Natalie and I were just going and something happens like, or we see something on the news. And I'm like, man, people just need Jesus. Like, I think now is a time where we need to let our light shine, to let our light shine as we serve others, as we bless people, as we're generous. I'm excited for this upcoming week as a church. We, um, of course, we did that big give and part of that, we're um, going to be uh, providing food for families in need at uh, the public school, H.D. Cartwright right? And that's no words required. We're just providing families in need with, with a Christmas dinner to bless them. That is hands and feet of Jesus. That is what? That is some good deeds. That's some light pointing to Jesus, right? I love that. I think in simple actions and in, in how we interact, maybe even this in random inviting someone to church, you know, Next week, small plug, this is our last service before Christmas. Good time to invite friends. All right. But I want to encourage you to let your light shine this Christmas season. I want to encourage you to let your light shine this Christmas season.
Because you and I have experienced his joy. But I think there's a greater depth for you and I to experience his joy. Yeah, that's right. And I think there's, there's a greater joy that others around us to experience. That they experience his light. I think one of the most rewarding things is for others to experience the joy that we have. That we can say, hey, 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 let my life be a signpost. Let it be a light pointing to Jesus. And then seeing those family members, seeing those people in your work, seeing the people, your neighbors or those people in your life, because of the light in your life, not coming to you, but coming to Jesus. And that they experience the joy just as those wise men did. The joy that comes from encountering Jesus. The freedom, the life. Can I encourage you today? God is not on a, you do not have to go on a quest to find Jesus. He's right here. He's right here. And he loves you. He's for you. And all what you need to start with is, Jesus, I need your help. I need you. And he'll bring his life, his light, his hope into your life. And maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a while. And there are those areas that it's like, those are the tough areas. It's like, Okay, it's like when you have friends coming over and you throw everything into the one room. You sort of do that with Jesus. It's like these other rooms are clean, but don't look in there, God. Can I encourage you to allow him? Jesus, I need you. And I need you in this area. I need you in this area. I need your help. And you'll illuminate your life. and bring peace hope in Jesus' name. Why don't we just close our eyes and take a moment. Today, maybe it's your first time. Or maybe this is a time where you're opening that closet door. Today, say, Jesus, I need you. I need you. God, you see those people who are crying out to you right now. I need you. And it's not a long quest. You're right there. That you're bringing freedom right now. Peace right now. Wholeness right now. You're bringing your love right now. You're breaking off words right now. Today, if you're here and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I believe today is your day. I'm not going to embarrass you, but would you just, if that's you, would you just raise your hand and we're going to pray all together as a church. If you're here today and you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, would you raise your hand? Awesome.
awesome. So good. If you're online, all right, church, would you pray that, repeat this after me? Jesus, I need you. I make you Lord of my life. Thank you for your love. Thank you for choosing me, for pursuing me. I give you my life. Fill me with your life, with your spirit, with your peace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on. So good, so good. Praise God. No, Jesus, he's coming after you. He's pursuing you. He loves you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support a partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. No God is for you. We love you and have a great week.